phasing out all personal accounts. Like really? forever, they've had like the five bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think even the family. I think you have to. Um, God, what was it? Uh, they've kept their Effective business. August twenty second, twenty seventeen. Code forty two will no longer offer new or renew crash plan for home subscriptions, including the family one, which is what we have. Will no longer be available for use after or starting October twenty third. So 2018, Sorry. Now they're focusing more on enterprise and small business segments because home people suck. I mean, I never thought that was sustainable. I mean, you can pay them $5 a month and back up a terabytes to it. That's just, I don't see how that would ever work. But CrashPlan does have some things that... So why don't are, they just raise their rates or they just decide it's not worth it? I think they just, they probably feel like they can't. At least not in the consumer market, just that consumers won't pay... But if they're going to shut it off anyways, why not try to get some money out of it? Oh, this reminds me. Remind me, I need to ask you about Apple IDs. But I do find this crash plan thing is You know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm just going to switch to the, because we're on the family, so I think we pay 10 bucks a month, but we can, I think we can back up like five computers or something. Hmm. Um, I think I'm just going to switch to the business. I do like crash plan. I mean, I don't love it. There's things I don't like about it, but I think it is better than most of the other things out there. It'll back up. Um, you can have it back up uh become connected drives or whatever. Mm-hmm. So when I get home and I mount my Synology, which is just my box of disks, it I have that back up to crash plan. Because even a one box of disk is still a failure point, right? I mean, it's those are it's a single source of data, even though it's I mean, what if um what if that, what if someone breaks my house and walks out with that thing? I mean, it's gone. It's not it's mm-hmm. not a backup. No. I mean it's kind of a backup, but it needs to be backed up too. So I use CrashPlan to back that thing up. I mean, there's just things that CrashPlan that does that other people buy, other systems either by just technical limitation or by policy will not allow you to back up. Things that so what are you backing you up though? I mean, I don't really have anything that's worth backing up. I mean, like, we, so, we do that. We pay extra for the iCloud storage just because okay. we store pictures and things up there, maybe a yeah. few videos. And then I have Dropbox for most of the stuff I want to keep in sync. So I back up um, my... I, here's my backup strategy. First of all, I come in every day and I plug this thing in and I run an entire, I use SuperDuper, but that one or what's the other one? Clone something? Clone, I don't mm, know what it is. Um, know. But no, I use SuperDuper. And so I do, I have a fully bootable backup that is up to, it's no more than 24 hours out of day. Mm. So I, if I have a hard drive to crash, I always just plug that in and run my, run a computer off of it. Um, and then I have CrashPlan backs up basically my, doc, my documents folder. So basically anything that I have that needs to be backed up that I can't just like download from somewhere or whatever um, goes into my somewhere in my documents folder. So that which so that so that gets pretty huge. But that gets backed up. And then I've got on my Synology, I've got a bunch of stuff that I just can't fit on a typical laptop hard drive. So I've got, you know, just tons of like home movies and uh, hmm. picture photos, gigs and gigs and gigs of photos. Um, well there's other stuff on there too. But I use again I use CrashPlan to back that up. To the cloud. So everything's... So that's your offsite storage. Yeah, it's my offsite storage. <laughs> well, that and this. This is offsite when, I, when I'm not here, I guess. I don't know. But no, I, I want to ask you about... I have an Apple ID problem that I've been putting off fixing forever, for years. I don't know if I'm the best person so, to ask. So here's, here's, the, too. Here's, one, here's one thing I need to do. I need to get my... I, I'm not on any of the iCloud family stuff, and so I want to get on that. Um, I'm not on the Apple Music family thing. I need to get on that because everyone's paying for their own Apple Music subscription to my family. 
Oh, yeah, that sucks. Right. And I've just been, again, I've been putting this off, but I've got to resolve this. So here's my problem. Okay. I joined the Apple ecosystem in, I think, 2006. And at some point, pretty quickly, I think I got an, I got it, I guess it was at the time it was called an iTunes account. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so pretty much all of my purchases, I, you know, any, any content purchases, music, videos, whatever, has all been through that iTunes account. And then at some point they launched, well, it was Mobile Me. Mm-hmm. With an iCloud, but that was not. I was separate from your. I was separate from your. Um, it had to be like a me dot com type of thing. So I signed up for that. I got an. I got a mobile me account. Well, that got grandfathered in iCloud. So my iCloud account is still my mobile me address. So I have that account, mm-hmm. and I still have my original iTunes account, which is like my you know my personal email address is the username for that. Mm-hmm. Well, nowadays they're both actually fully full-fledged Apple IDs. There's just now this generic notion of Apple ID. So if you were to sign up brand new with Apple for stuff today, you could just have one ID. Mm-hmm. That can be your thing you use with iTunes. That's your iCloud. So, because you know, iCloud runs, what is it? God, iCloud's got a ton of stuff. Texts, documents, um, photo stream, photo backup, all that stuff. Yep. Um, notes, reminders, there's so many things that, um, keychain stuff that live under iCloud, Right. So and and so all that stuff for me is under iCloud, but all my purchases are under this iTunes account I've had forever. A little mute switch comes in handy, huh? It does. <laughs> I forget sometimes, but yeah. I wish I could use mine. Yeah, it's annoying. Anyway, so so I, I don't have an easy path. I mean, I don't want to get rid of the Apple the iTunes account because that's where all my purchases are. And I don't want to get rid of my iCloud account because that's where like all my text and everything is. So I've got to somehow uh, I've got merge. a yeah. I need to merge because what I wanted to get set up is on, is on the iCloud family thing. And I guess one thing I could do is just keep my iCloud account because you can have up to I think it's either five or six accounts in your family. Mm-hmm. And I could just I guess I could use my iCloud for the primary one, and then I could add my my I'll call it my iTunes account as just another family member because then all the purchases I've made through it will be shared with my family. I don't know if it works that way. Well, I think it does because. It's an i it's an i it's an it's an iCloud account. I mean, it's an Apple ID. That's what they're all. They're now this this generic term called Apple ID, which can be used, which is iCloud, which is iTunes, which is all that stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm just. Not, I remember having that problem before, and I ended up just living with the fact that some of my other stuff wasn't going to be available because I switched to this new Apple ID, and that was my primary. And when I set up the family stuff, it it has one organizer, and then I have like another another organizer which is my wife and then the kids are in as kids yeah. um and of course i set them up separately and it's 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 a nice the family plan is nice because i remember dealing with that before that came about and it was a pain and everyone had their own accounts and everyone had to sign into my itunes account to buy stuff um that way we weren't having to pay for it three times yep but um i don't know if it works that way i don't know if, the, if you, my if my f- wife buys something on her account that's not linked to our family account if that Gets Does she in. have an account that's not linked to your family account? No, because I okay. I'm the organizer, so everyone has access to what I have access to. Not, but I, it doesn't seem to work in reverse. It does. Oh. It's supposed to. I mean, I read. I've done a bunch of reading on this. I'm pretty sure it does. But, but you can't train. Like, if you have, let's say, you have in my case, you have like, let's say, you had two, you have two Apple IDs, and you made uh-huh. a bunch of. Per, you say, let's say, you made purchases on both, and you're like, oh, I just would like to combine that into one. You can't actually. Yeah, you I, can't. You have to either just leave your purchases from one of your accounts that you want to abandon, or you have to yeah. just keep both of them. Now, luckily, luckily for me, I think almost all of my purchases are on my original you know, iTunes account. 
Mm-hmm. So I think what I would do is abandon my current iCloud account. Uh, and then you can, I think actually when you sign out of iCloud on your phone, it actually, it'll say, hey, we're going to like copy basically all your account, because I forgot calendars too, calendars run through iCloud. Right. All your calendar, your notes, everything is going to, we're just going to put it down here on your local device. We're going to make sure it's on your local device. And then you, that's what happens when you sign out of iCloud. And yeah. then I think if I signed back into iCloud using my i what's I, what I've been calling my iTunes account, which has my purchases, then I think it will populate that i hopefully that's what I'm hoping it will populate or I can somehow populate my this this iTunes account with all the things that used to be in my you know my iCloud account. Uh, I don't know if it works. That I way. don't either, but because I know I know there's DRM on that stuff and it does call home every so often when you try to use it. it it's no, no, got no. like some kind no, of. No, I'm saying I'm keeping my my purchases account. I'm keeping my purchases account. I'm abandoning. But you said you had other stuff on or your other account that you're going to try to download and see if that. No, it's like notes, reminders. Oh, okay. That kind of thing. No, okay. no DRM content. Okay. Apple doesn't care about your content. They would never DM yeah. that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's probably boring. But there's no. I mean, there's the 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 short answer is is there's actually no way to merge accounts in the Apple ecosystem, and you cannot transfer your purchases from one account to another. You cannot transfer your license purchase uh, right i had this yeah. argument with my wife the other day when we were talking because something popped out of the store we were recreating playlists and something that used to be on my daughter's old device we couldn't download onto her new device and it was because it was removed from the store and mm. my wife was pissed she was like we, but we bought it we yeah. own it i'm like no, no you don't no, you don't i remember the only um, reason you feel like some sense of ownership with older media is because you had a physical copy of it but technically it's always been a licensed purchase there, there have been a lot of examples. The only one I can think of right now, I believe, was ESPN. And they had, um, you know, you could, you could buy, of course, ESPN sells all kinds of content. Mm-hmm. And it's all DRM'd. And it's basically has to call home to the DRM server pretty regularly to verify your, that you're still credentialed for this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And whatever DRM technology, t- technology they were using, they just basically retired it and switched to a new system. Um, and people just lost access to a bunch of content. I mean, there's been, I don't know, that if you look this up, there's been several examples of people just lose access to stuff that they bought, that yeah. they have bought. I and mean, they bought licenses too that were supposed to be, you know, uh, perpetual licenses to those things. But this is, this is one of the big problems with DRM. Yeah. Especially well, that whole call home model. It is, but I mean, I think it's also a chain. I mean, I think content that we've traditionally purchased and felt some sense of ownership never really was owned by us. We yeah, always I mean, had a license to use that content. Right. But I mean, it was never, now you own it, you can do whatever you want with it type license. Exactly. I mean, Geffen could never come in and just take my Guns N' Roses CD away from me. But now they can, <laughs> but af- now they, can. they can effectively do that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, ah, we're, we're 10 Jeremy, minutes in. And Jeremy now, listening to Guns N' Roses. That's... We're, we're 10 minutes in and, oh yeah, man, I love Guns N' Roses. What was it? What, what that been? Fifth jungle. or sixth grade? Yeah. For us? Welcome to the, yeah. And then, um, what was that? Appetite for Destruction. That was the name of that yeah. album. That's that a good one, man. That's like one of the best albums ever. It's weird. The marketing around those those bands um, made it near impossible for me to get access to them as a younger kid. Why is that? <laughs> well, because you had Guns N' Roses with the, all the skulls and the snakes going through their eyes. Because, you had, like, your parents uh, wouldn't let you buy it? You had Red Hot Chili Peppers with a song title called Suck My Kiss. I remember I, I grabbed a my first one of my first Red Hot Chili Peppers was um, I forgot what the but it had stuck my kiss on it and I grabbed it from a pawn shop and I said Dad can I buy this or can you buy this for me and he read that and he was like nope <laughs> man I, I had friends I that would, it would anyways, have like but... Easy E stuff back then 
Yeah, I remember my cousin let me borrow her uh, New Jack City tape. Oh, God. And my tape player ate it up. <laughs> and I had, to, I had to go to my parents and ask them for, to buy a new one for her. Yeah. I remember I, I thought I was being bad when I had, um, it was one of the early run DMC tapes. Yeah. I, again, I was I, third grade, fourth grade, I don't know, something like that. And uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, listening to those back now, I mean, those, those were so clean. It's well, ridiculously I mean. I, like wholesome and clean. You hear about the, the, the uproar around Kiss and the, Oh, and and all these kind of bands, and then you listen to their music, and you're like, oh, really? That's yeah, it's kind of tame compared to some of the stuff that's out there now. Jeez. Well, we have some follow up, and we probably should get into uh, Salesforce so that we don't piss people off. This is a uh, nominally a Salesforce related podcast. It's actually in our title. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Look it up. We actually added it just for us, just for you know, search juice. Oh, that was just for Google juice. I don't know. It's right. It's not. We purposely didn't name our podcast Cloud or Force or Salesforce right. because we didn't we didn't know what we we're going to do. Yeah, we still don't. We'll figure it out one day. <laughs> uh, but no, I thought we could follow up on some of this integration talk because there were some questions. And yeah, I, I did want to circle circle back to that. And hopefully, I don't know if you've had more time time to track Slack. There's been a lot of lot of activity in the Slack. Uh, I've just been man. I've been there's some bit really long kind of question answer discussion threads around um, uh, DX, which I really want to read and see what people are talking about there, but. I think essentially it's just more and more people are starting to. They're trying it. They're They're trying trying it it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I need to start trying it because I'm going to get left behind. But at the same time, I'm like, it's the tooling is still not there for me though. Yeah. I mean, even the, the being able to create a production or a, a production scratch org, scratch scratch org based based on a production. production, That's a pilot feature only right now. Right. I believe. I think, um, I, Mm, yeah, I, I think um, making a scratch org that where you reference an org ID to, right. to copy a shape that is that's what's under the uh, pilot. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so I know early on, um, so just back to the integration thing. So um, Andy Mahood asked. Uh, he said it was really interested. He was really interested in, in our custom integrations. And I, he said when he's when he was a consultant, he would have seen this as a sin. And that's why I said, I, and I generally do too. Um, again, if, if I was like a, in charge of IT, I don't, company, I don't think I would be allowing people to. The, the, the difference is with me is I think I'm special, of course. <laughs> 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 right? We all, we all think that we're special. No, but I mean, I've been, I've been doing this for, for so long. And, and again, it's not, um, I think there's a lot of good, good cases for these enterprise you know, integration platforms. Um, the more integrations you have, I think standardizing on something is good, and the simpler your integrations are, I think, lends toward uh, an integration platform. Um, yeah. So if you have a lot of simple integrations, they're great. It's a standardized way. You know where to go. You know whatever. Um, but they they kind of start to fall down if if you if your integrations don't fit their model of how things are supposed to work. So well, I think I think that I think there's a lot to talk about here in terms of. I, th- I think we have to go back in time, first of all. I, I think there's a reason Jeremy and I are not afraid of integrations well, or custom integrations because once upon a time, that's all you could do. Mm. There was an API. There wasn't very I mean, many there, how, vendors I mean, out there. Well, how, how long has Tebco been, been around? How long was um, – what was Pervasive's predecessor? Data, data Junction? Data Junction, yeah. yeah. I mean, these things have been around forever. It's just Yeah, that- but I mean, in terms of writing custom, I mean, we there were, Salesforce didn't have Apex. So anything custom you want to do, we had to somehow either try to do yeah. some embedded you stuff it in, stuff. You stuff it in section 
labels. That or you had some kind of external server running that would pull Salesforce yeah. every so often, run some workflow logic and, and all that kind of stuff, or yeah. pull some data from somewhere else. I mean, we were we were really oh, yeah. hitting that it API. Was the, it was the Wild West. It was the Wild West. So I mean, and if you didn't have API, you would uh, write something to log in and screen scrape. Yeah. <laughs> so so for for. So I talk think talk about our, talk it, about a sin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we sinned a lot. Yeah, yeah. We, we'd be in the confession, confessional for for probably a couple of days, just confessing all, confessing all our sins. But I mean, I think I think that kind of experience did shape our abilities in a in a way that you know, if you want it custom, sure, it's not a scary thing to me to say. Okay, we've exhausted all options. We I've given you all the recommendations that you know you should try to find a vendor. You should try to get a middleware tool. Here's the pros and cons of that. We can do custom, and here's the pros and cons of that. And yeah, I mean, there are a small percentage of customers who still choose to go custom for for whatever reason. Sometimes they want the control of that. Sometimes they want it to be exactly what they want. Sometimes they don't want the recurring application fee year yeah. over year so, based on how many users they have. In the okay, system. so Andy's next point is, um, and he, well, he said there are plenty of solutions on the market, you know, from SMB to enterprise. And, and then he talks about, you know, considering uh, total cost of ownership is, is a big deal. Yeah. But to your point, I mean, most a lot of these things are, you know, they're 50 to 100 grand a year or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know. I did an integration recently. It couldn't have been more than 20 grand. And I don't know. It might cost them, it, their, t, their annual ongoing cost is pretty minimal. I mean, again, I've still got integrations running that I created 10 years ago that I've, over the life of the thing, I probably saved them a million dollars. I mean, yeah. so. I was going to say, I was going to bring that up because, I mean, there, there are, there are, I still have integrations that are still running that I've. I written. should get commission on that those annual savings I, I have for them. <laughs> Maybe then I because I, I mean make I, some money. one of the arguments is that's, that that's well, it's not going to scale. Rich. Your business is going to change and it's not going to scale and you're going to you're going to need to change this. Well, that's that might be true in a lot of situations, but there are some situations where I have stuff that's still running today without any changes, yeah. um, and a lot of them came back around because I had to up, update them for the TLS. Uh, uh, Right, the SSL to yeah. TLS thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of times you could argue that an integration platform is premature optimization. You're you're, you're buying something because you think you're like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need that because we're gonna build a bunch of integrations and this company's gonna grow and oh, I mean, there's oh, whatever. I mean, sometimes it happens and uh, no, I mean, and sometimes that that's totally true. That makes a lot of sense. Because picture you sitting there at the table. Yeah, we're gonna grow. We're gonna grow. And Jeremy's like, yeah, whatever. Shut the hell up. Yeah, I mean, I've had. I mean. <laughs> The, the last two integrations I've done, the the and I don't get to make these decisions, but I do offer options. Uh, the client has opted against something like MuleSoft. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, another factor is some some companies do have internal development staff. Oh, by the way, if you but want, they don't have the time. If you want to get into DevOps, all you have to do is buy MuleSoft because it includes DevOps. Oh, nice. Yeah, I saw that on their website. They've got um, they are they are extremely buzzword compliant. Yeah. Those guys over at uh, MuleSoft. Come by the on. way, someone confirmed that indeed they were funded by Salesforce Ventures. Remember I said that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, with with as much as Salesforce promotes them, like this has got to be a, either a ventures backed Salesforce Ventures backed company or a Mark Benioff. Well, I believe the note was that they are a public company now. They are but, now, but yeah. right before that, they were. They did get a, a no, not right before that. Their entire lifetime before that. Oh. Well, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know when Salesforce Ventures invested, but yeah, it's, it's no surprise that they became such the darling of the of the, in the Salesforce ecosystem. That's how this works. I really like it when uh, when Mark has Salesforce buy companies that he's personally invested in. He and remember we, we remember we were tracking for a while. Like I was yeah. almost like him and Ellison. He and Ellison 
Well, they both. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're they're both doing. Do it. I know. It's just like oh, this scam is happening in broad daylight. No one says bets. anything about it. <laughs> they're not hedging their bets. They're got co-opting corporate corporate funds. That's like some. That's got to be like fraud or RICO or something. I don't know what that is, but that's something. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's legal. It's like it's a legalized version. As long as you're you know the billionaires club, you can do these things, and no one you know you get away with it. That's nice. Let's see what else did Dandy have to say to us. Also, you know, the question, the raise the question about ownership of IP, that is kind of a muddy thing. I've always given clients the source, the source code, and, you know, write a lot, a little license up or just say, hey, you've got this eternally forever in any world in the galaxy. Can't do that, Jeremy. You can't? No. Why can't you do that? I don't know. You muddied the water for me a while ago <laughs> with the whole code ownership crap. Yeah. Now I don't know who owns my code. Well, the, it's a product so, of my brain. So with yet me, someone gets to own, own everything my brain does. With me, technically, I own the code. I just give the, the client a perpetual worldwide license infinitum. All right. Um, no one owns anything. Was this a decision you each made as a developer or you made recommendations for the customer? I, I make, I, I don't get to decide for my client. Yeah, I, I, I never I never go in there guns blazing saying, I'm going to build this, pay me a million Yeah, dollars. Not, it's, not, it's not like sometimes I'm sneaking yeah. in, they don't know what I'm doing. They very well know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it's been something that's been discussed and balanced and everything else. I, w- I always start the conversation with, you know, it's always better to have these tools. These are the pros and cons. And then I throw custom integration in there to kind of get the pros and cons of that. And, and usually... There's far more pros on the kind of third-party vendor side than there is to custom. Um, but a lot of times it's that cost factor. It, for mo- 90% of the time when someone decides they want they want it custom is because they just either can't afford or don't want to have to work into their budget the amount of money it takes for, for some of those. And, and, and rightfully so. I mean, some of these guys, they just need to ingest a file every so often yeah. here and there. Yeah. It's not like this daily integration with their data warehousing system and the enterprise distribution vendors with a with an ESB and service oriented architecture microservices <laughs> yeah devops blockchaining yeah just pay us a thousand dollars a month and you get all these actually it's more than that it's like 10 grand a month um yeah he, uh, so Andy said he's done these types of things in the past he's always regretted it I have almost never regretted it honestly and the the, the, here's the calculus they usually make is how, okay, what are the two options cost me? And wh- what's the, what's the minimum thing I need just for a, a, a basic integration that I can make basic changes to without have, you know, recompiling and stuff. Yeah. If I can get that for, you know, an order of magnitude, at least less than these other things, then oh, okay. Yeah, great. We'll do that. I mean, it's such a small investment compared to the other things that even if it didn't work out long term, okay, big deal. It was a small, it was a small number compared mm-hmm. to their other options. So, yeah, I to me, it's it's a pretty valuable service. I mean, that it's a pretty valuable option in a lot of cases. It's not perfect, without a doubt. And there's probably things if I was, I mean, I don't like doing integrations. I avoid them. That's why I've, I haven't like I don't know productized it or packaged it in a nice way. Even if even if I am still giving away the license for free, I mean, there's things I could probably do to clean it up a little bit but um it's it's not bad and it's the state that it's in and it, and it gets the job done and you know i i don't know i it just runs it just runs and runs and runs i don't ever get phone calls <laughs> so. those are nice and, and it's usually i mean it's it's usually good money i mean it's it's good it's not it's, it's good. not even good money because it's it's again in these cases it's hourly work it's not good money no. it just it gets the job done honestly i mean i could fix bid Ninety percent of them because I get them done on time on estimate. It's it's I've never blown out the estimate on these integrations. So for me, it's it's just good money because I 
I ended up doing it in the time that I said I was going to do it. I know exactly what to do. I know exactly what to look for. There are some gotchas here and there, but for the most part, I've never gone over budget on these things. Yeah, but mine two recent ones were not fixed price just because they were subcontract gigs and I didn't have Well, they weren't fixed fixed price, but I'm just saying I gave an estimate and I met my estimate. I never went over. Uh, well, I can't say never, but I mean, for the most part, I mean, they, they run pretty well because it's just moving data from here to there. Unless Unless you have a client who just doesn't know the data at all or anything, but typically I'm like, give me a file. As long as it looks like this, I can I can get it in there. Yep. Now, if there's some kind of variant and things like that that they don't tell me about, well, that's that's something I have to change in the integration. You know what the the most common service bus is these days? It's more of a really a data bus, I guess. But flat files. It's a, it's the rendezvous point. Hey, you drop your flat files here, and this other thing will pick them up. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's well, it's I mean, amazing that's, that's how kind of, far that's kind of what I'm building. It's amazing how far that gets you. And I, you know, don't you have to email us. I know the downsides to it, but that pattern is yeah. incredibly dominant in businesses of all sizes. I've done this type of thing for the, the biggest companies in the world and small little mom and pop shops. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I, I love me some. I love me some microservices and some you know restful decoupled asynchronous message passing services but sometimes you know drop a csv here and this other thing will pick it up later is a pretty damn good way to go <laughs> you know it's like yeah. you get so pragmatic sometimes we got businesses to run not you know we're not trying to be a uh a, 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 a case study for cio magazine or for for mulesoft's website you know yeah. we're just trying to get work done well, I do want to add some clarification into the integration that I'm building. It's it's not so much, I mean, it is for a client, but my client has has asked me to build it a certain way in a very flexible way, which has kind of expanded, you know, what I normally do. Um, yeah, you've really nerded out on this. Yeah. I mean, I do get to have quite a bit of input on the architecture and how it works, but ultimately it has to work the way they asked me to make it work. Um, and that does mean making it a little more general purpose, but this isn't really like my idea where I'm like, this is my product. I'm getting, putting this out there. It's, this is, I'm being asked to do this. I'm contracted to do this. So I just wanted to offer that clarification. Yeah. Anyway, and someone else, there was another comment that I, that I saw. I didn't, I didn't copy and paste it into my notes though. Um, it was all along similar lines. They kind of thought we were crazy, but whatever. We're crazy for the integrations. Uh, yeah. I don't. I, I. I never really thought of integrations as as a hot topic. I just they were just something that I would do. I I mean, th- well, I think okay. Here's the thing: a data lot migrations of, and integrations. I mean, that was my life for at no, least three years. But a lot of, I mean, I think a lot of people have been burned by crappy uh, homegrown integrations. It, well, where people screw them, they. It's a, I mean, they. They. It's I, not a. It's not a customizable thing, and they. They. They just leave a compiled version, and no one knows where the source is. The person's gone, and or it just sucks. It wasn't written well. It's someone who, it's probably not like a, a professional software engineer. It's just someone who, you know, installed Visual Studio and started clicking away until see I got something to work. You know. I, I'm sure there's there's cases of that, but it I happens think, all the time. Yeah, but I think more than anything, I mean, uh, what works for a client and what doesn't all comes down to whether or not they have to worry about it. If if it's running in the background and chugging away, they they forget about it and they don't care about it. That's it's true. just there. Yeah, I know. It does what it does, and they don't care. I'm just saying that people, it's, a lot of people, that's not been their experience. They've had much worse experience than that, and so that's why people people are really gun shy when it comes to you know custom integrations that some dude it programmed. 
I, I still, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them for that. I still think that's a minority. I think I think the bad no, code is a majority. minority. No. Pfft. Wow. You're in a bubble. <laughs> I say it's a minority because if it's running at one point in time and then for some reason stops. Now, if it never worked, if it always kept crashing or kept throwing errors or things like that, then yeah, that's bad code. What if they, just, if wanna, if what if they work- just want to change it and the guy didn't leave the source code and he's gone? But that's not the fault of the developer. That's that's the yes, it that's is. the process breaking uh, down. I uh, mean, like you said, some people leave. the The person who originally contracted the work is gone, and maybe he, it's sitting on some some drive somewhere that no one knows about. I've also seen people that have gotten paid to build one of these things, and then they go and they don't give the source code because they're going to try to sell it. Oh uh, well, that's that's just not. I don't know it's just not cool. There's just jerks that do this kind of stuff, though. They're out there. Hmm? Okay. All right. Well, we. That's probably a sufficient follow-up on the integration thing. Well, John, I will uh, hand the reins over to you. This is your show because I'm tired. I'm not prepared. And this, so by tired? the way, I guess this is, we should warn. Although we're 30 minutes in, this was supposed to be a short show. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm lacking on time right now. I think it's because the short week last week, holiday stuff, trying to get a decent amount of hours, which I will not be able to do for this month. But, oh, anyway. So what's on your topic list? And dead air. Yep. That's the way it goes. That is the way it goes. This is why I normally run the show. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) You don't give me time to think. You're like, bam, bam, it's got to be out the door. Where's my beer? What do you mean, where's your beer? Oh, it's it's empty. You drank it. That's where it went. Did you only bring one today? No, there's another one in there. Oh. Here. Crack it open. So we well, just, but I have to do I, the topics. Uh, well, let me while while you're doing that, I will I will introduce the beer that you just finished. <laughs> this was uh, another one from Tired Hands, and I, you know, Tired Hands they they must release five. Yeah, look at that! Look at that thing. That's called a um, you know what that format's called? It's a can, but it's twenty ounces. It's like it's taller than a tall boy. It's called ten fifty. <laughs> That's the name of the beer, but no, that the format that can is called a stovepipe. Do you see where it says that on there? It's a stovepipe, twenty ounce can. I don't know. I guess I didn't. I guess everyone else in the world knew that besides me. No, I yeah. didn't. I didn't know that. This isn't just ten fitting. Oh, John. that's dark. This is <laughs> that's that, bit that, <laughs> that is that is black gold. I think um, this is Texas this is not tea. this is not just ten fitty. This is barrel aged ten fitty. I I don't know how much is in there, so I only poured a reasonable amount. There. Uh, what is that? This is. Oh, this is one pint. No way. Isn't this more than a pint? It's really skinny. It could it could be just Is a this pint. just a tall boy? No way. Where's that other can? Where's the other can? Out there in the trash. Oh no, this is one pint and three point two ounces. So like this is yeah, nineteen point two ounces. Okay, that makes sense. Oh. That's okay. This has gotta be bigger than that other can. This is not a pint. This is more I didn't than, see the other can. Yeah. Not there in the trash. But anyway, no, um not tired hands, I swear. They they release they've got to release six Brand new beers a week, and they don't even get reproduced. They're just they're all one offs. Huh? And it seems like it, but this one was called Extra Knuckles. I don't even know what that means, but it said it had a lot of Simcoe in it. Because you'll grow a lot of extra knuckles from it. A lot of flair. Still a little cold. Oh my gosh, this is looks like oil, doesn't it? It does. Well, Jeremy, I wanted so to ask and make I sure got. you updated you your OS Ten Sierra. No, I have this much. Okay, here I'll pass this back to you. You have High Sierra, right? Did you upgrade? No. I didn't upgrade to High Sierra. Is it High Sierra the current one? Ah. 
It is. No, I did not upgrade. But no, a, this is my public service announcement. This this is a major to, fail from Apple. I know. Go to App Store and uh, and update, <laughs> update your system because people can get access to your computer. Yeah. So when you log in as root, you can just hit if you hit enter like three times with a blank password, it lets you in. Yeah, that's a that's a nice little bug, isn't it? <laughs> I don't even understand that. <laughs> What's funny is I what I when I read about it, apparently it got not so much Ooh. discovered, but someone put it up as a as a solution to an issue someone was having to log in. And then, no. and then people like freaked out. Yeah, just hit enter three times. Get you right in. <laughs> Man, I wish they had that for iPad because I once again I had to completely reset Graham's iPad uh, because he changed his passcode. And I told him stop changing your passcode because he's you know he's what is hell is he? <laughs> he's eight. And so I'll change his passcode and they'll forget his passcode. And so he lost everything. I had to reset it. I don't because I didn't. By the way, that's that's what led into my okay. I've got to fix my Apple IDs and get us on an iCloud family sharing thing because he was out of iCloud storage and it wasn't doing backups mm-hmm. because of that. And I'm not going to pay for everyone to have their own individual $10 a month iCloud backup account. Right. So I didn't have recent backups. So yeah, I lost everything on his iPad. But I wish they had the... Um, you know, Android <laughs> has that problem solved because they have multiple <laughs> accounts on a device, I think. And Apple doesn't, right? No. Yeah, you can only log in as one person. I've always thought that's weird. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. I guess because they see them as personal devices. No, no, I know what it is. They don't want two people logging into one iPad. They want you to have two iPads. One iPad for each person. It works. No, no, you everyone can't share in devices. My, everyone in my house has their own iPad. <laughs> probably more than that, actually. You probably have more iPads than you do people in your house. I guarantee you, you do. No, we've been getting rid of the extras. You have? Okay. Yeah. But we did at one point. Well, all right, John. Uh, okay, so... so uh, uh, do, do, do we finish the... the Mac OS yeah. thing? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, we didn't. The stuff you're yeah, on? Just, just yeah, just go update because yeah. fi- there's enough. There's a fix for it now. I thought it was funny that as soon as I found out about it, I started seeing more and more people talking about it. I'm like, well, that's great. Everyone everyone talk about this f- security flaw before they have a fix. Well, and the guy, that, the guy that discovered it just went right to Twitter and, you know, mentioned Apple on Twitter or whatever. And it's like, okay. And I... I, I, I uh, I remember thinking at the time, I was like, there's got to be a better way of doing this kind of stuff. I and mean, we really got to. There is a better way. There, there are ways to. But the layman people, the layman he, people. This guy was not a layman. This guy, no, he's like, look at his Twitter profile. He's like a. Okay, so. Some there, software well, craftsman expert. But he's, there's he's people an art- out there who want to do this stuff for fame and glory. They want to be like, I'm the one that found it. When he, if he probably did through the back channels, he probably could have gotten some kind of like a, a, a reward. Reward out yeah, of a it. A bounty. A bounty. There you go. <laughs> You can get bounties for finding security flaws, people. Yeah, Keep them to yourself and, and contact the company before right. you promote it out in the public and, and risk people getting hacked. Yeah. Make the money work for you. Yep. Uh, Benny, I've got another award. Another uh, week, another, week uh, another award. Yeah. It's still riding on the, the, the uh, gender gap thing, man. That thing is, the ROI on that is triple fold. I mean, Why do you think they don't let it go? Why do you, why do you think? I mean, the last thing he said on it was, "We're never gonna. This is never gonna be over. I'm gonna keep getting awards for this." Yeah. <laughs> so this was USA Today, and they. I'm not sure if they put this list together, or if they're if, where this list came from, but um, it's a list of probably a hundred or so CEOs um, from all different industries, uh, maybe fifty. I don't know. But Benioff is top of the list. Uh, but right second place is a as a gentleman by the name of Brian Halligan, who's the HubSpot CEO. Oh, that's interesting. So these are the best CEOs of large companies. Mm-hmm. But in the article, they talked about a large company, large enough to be on this list. Well, they were small. 
but yeah, I mean, it, I mean, in the article when they talk about his achievements and stuff, they still point heavily to his, uh, his influence and and within the company, his closeness to the employees and and to the people in the community, and then of course his and I thought this was interesting. Oh, you're not what? Yeah, I mean, look at how close you are with Benioff, right? <laughs> I'm trying to find this quote. Because doesn't he have? Doesn't he have his own security detail? How close can you get with the guy? Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's just that he, he seems approachable. I guess so. I'll share a mustard burger with you. Yeah, a double double mustard burger, no bun. <laughs> yeah. So I thought you might like this quote, I, and this is from this article. I'm not sure who who wrote this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who wrote this, but it's on US City. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, it says Benioff pledged to close the gap. Uh, Benioff pledged to close the gap in 2015, and by early 2017, Salesforce said it had achieved equal pay promotion opportunity for female employees. It is Where's done. Bell? Done. Done. I, th- I thought it was never done. No, that's that's the new. It's a revised version. Yeah, it's actually never done. We I don't. Have- I don't mean to pick on it, but it, it's it's hard not to pick on it when people keep touting it as yeah. Well, they, they did it. They fixed it. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. Problem solved, people. Yeah. Yeah. Just do what Benioff did. Yep. Three, six million dollars. That's all it takes. Yep. Fix, got fix a, the pay gap. Four, four billion dollar payroll and it only took two million dollars to fix it. Oh, and by the way, um, screw USA Today for their stupid ads autoplaying. You know, you just mentioned you couldn't find a, what's up with these articles with, there's no byline and I, I, I will almost, I'll just stop reading it if there's, if I can't find out, if I can't see who wrote it, I just, I just don't want to read it. I don't want to read it because I, I, I thought we I thought we were past the point of of websites that just throw tons of just image and video advertising in your face. I thought we were just done with that. Well, that it's, reminds me, I'm I'm about a couple of weeks into my you know back to Firefox, just hmm. to kind of a test here. Me too. And it's funny, I haven't even installed any kind of ad blocker yet because Chrome with Chrome for me, the web is unusable without an ad blocker. It just mm-hmm. I mean sites just you can't even scroll them. You can't they take you know, 30 seconds before it's responsive. So I have always had to have, you know, aggressive ad blocking. On Firefox, I haven't even installed an ad blocker yet. Now I'm seeing the ads, they're annoying, but they don't stop me from accessing the actual content and using a site because the browser's still responding. Yeah. I have had issues where it didn't respond. But you know what's weird? One thing, one thing I noticed- Salesforce. That, using Salesforce. Using yeah. Salesforce. One thing that I noticed immediately about Firefox is, and I, and I remembered this, I, I had forgotten this, but the- a lot of their the just the, the standard way, just like the drop downs and things, are so crusty compared to the way they look on Safari or even Chrome. Chrome even has its nice, I think, like nice looking drop downs. They're so crusty yeah. on Firefox. It looks like I'm running like well, Safari is pretty crusty too. Looks like I'm running Mosaic or something. It's yeah. it is really bad. It looks like one of these, you know, like uh, Linux GUI toolkits, like uh, Cute or something. It, it looks really bad. Well, that's why you have sites that. Salesforce is a good example as well. When you're using a dropdown, you're not really using a dropdown. There's a dropdown in the background. Oh, those are horrible. But um, it's yeah. basically a highly stylized div. Yep. Because it, I mean, no one. You know what's horrible about those? The same thing about custom integration. You know, custom uh, homegrown integrations. They usually do a bad job of them. Right. <laughs> I take personal offense to that. I, I mean, write good what's, integrations. What's, damn it. What's more important, having an artisanal dropdown or having one that works? Having a pretty dropdown. <laughs> That's what I said. Because <laughs> they're usually not pretty either. They're usually gaudy as hell. The, the, the same people who tend to think that a custom, you know, artisanal small batch dropdown is required are the same people that have gaudy taste. 
What about date pickers and things? Well, there is no, I, there's no standard. I don't well, like, actually, there I don't are standard like the native browser implementations of things. They're meant to be really basic. The only problem is that the the spec doesn't allow us to to stylize them. Well, there's date pickers now, right? Isn't there um isn't there an HTML5 date picker? There are there are, and I, I think I think as HTML moves forward, they're starting to give us hooks in the spec to be able to stylize these things. But of course, how they implement how these different vendors implement them makes right. a difference. Yep. And now you're still trying to freaking juggle three or four different browsers of support. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you do like input type equals date, don't you get a don't you get a date picker? You do, but I'm just saying. I mean, if you want a if you want to style them, or if you want a look to be consistent with the theme of your website or your 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 aesthetic style, um, you're gonna have to jump through hoops to do that. Yeah, it's not fair. Nope. All the kids are doing it, Jeremy. Do you know that? Mm, no, I'm not aware of what the kids are doing. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> they're blockchain world. They're blockchain. Do you know what blockchaining is? I don't know what blockchaining is. I mean, I know what blockchain is. Yeah, blockchaining. It's the is verb of blockchain. Is that is that just using blockchain? I don't know to, to implement some something. Blockchaining isn't like the the centipede. The <laughs> I don't know the programming. Although I do know that I'm I am less interested in blockchain than a lot of people are. I'm always like, it, it, oh, I mean, I know it's it is an interesting uh, concept. It is kind of cool, like this. It's almost like a distributed transaction log or something. That's that's cryptographically. It's not almost it is. Well, yeah, then it's cryptographically like un you know hackable kind of or unforgeable, and that's interesting. I mean, there's I can see some. Well, I can't because my imagination is not very good. But I could I I imagine that other people could imagine some interesting applications for that kind of technology. Well, I think that's what hap- what's happening now is everyone's trying to envision these these interesting applications for it. Um, a lot of people are calling it a fad because it's just kind of blown up recently. I I I remember blockchaining when I was researching Bitcoin, um, but I quickly forgot about it. I It was just a concept that I just had no use for, and I, thus I didn't research it further. I think the most I understood it was that it was this, it was this data set that was not owned by any single entity or source it was just completely distributed and all the transaction information that happened got chained onto it cut thus the chaining and it, that data set just kept growing but it was also replicated everywhere so there was there's no way to corrupt it because it's it's everywhere and there's free access to it and things like that um so that's how it kind of maintained all the ledger transactions for the bitcoin of who where that money was going and who who owned it and all that kind of stuff um but then I forgot about it because I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's beyond my pay grade. <laughs> yeah. The funny uh, thing to me about Bitcoin nowadays is that it's, you know, if you believe in things like anthropogenic global warming, uh, it's supposedly like one of the one of the biggest users of energy now, all the, all the, all the mining, the Bitcoin mining. I read about that, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks. What's it called? Thanks, Bitcoin. Yeah, thanks, Bitcoin. For, for the global ruining warming. our planet. Jeez. I know. Actually, there's a there's a there's, major there's, there's Bitcoiner ups. who's um, using geothermal electricity. He he owns the land and has built a geothermal plant. I I saw this somewhere on like Discovery or something. Um, what is a geothermal plant? Does that mean it's using? Is yeah, that, he's is like that, somewhere. Is that where a fancy a, word for like solar power? What is no, this? it's using Earth uh, heat. So he's he's like near a volcano basically, oh, okay. and they're harnessing nice. heat from the volcano. I don't know if it's through hot springs or if it's actually through magma. Yeah, isn't there isn't there enough magma in this world to power everything? Why do we have to? Oh well, interesting you said that because uh, 
I uh, I took some time this this holiday and I was playing Horizon Zero Dawn uh, Frozen Wilds and one of the one of the things in the future that they built was uh, spoke Greek to me. The uh, the Yellowstone National park which i believe has a caldera underneath it is that what they're called it's like gigantic <clears throat> volcano it's just huge like the whole thing like the ground is raising you can go and see documentaries yeah. on this the ground the yellowstone could, is actually raising because there's what like could possibly go volcano. wrong <laughs> and they said it's exploded before and like killed everything yeah um and it might be due for that so in the game one of the premises that in order to prevent that from happening again is they found a way to cap it but they've in capping it, they also found the ability to harness that energy. Isn't it just going to pop out somewhere else if you cap it? In no, one place? they're harnessing the energy from it, so they're kind of reducing the amount of energy. Yeah, that, that seems like one of those things you could power the world for you know a thousand years just based on one. Well, that's kind of what they did. They yeah. basically powered the world with that. And you have to find out how to. Here's a problem: you have to find out how to transfer that thermal energy and harness into something you know into electricity right. or something. And that's well, I mean, you could do the traditional things like power turbines, make steam, basically take water, make steam, and power. But then a we would find out how. We're like freezing lower levels of the of the mantle or something, and like it's going to ruin the earth. So you just, you can't you cannot win. You realize that, right? Well, either way, back to popping the stack. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, it's out there. You can see the documentary on it. But he's basically he's he's the electricity that he uses for his bit mining um, comes from that. But of course, he's made millions, billions he's mining on, bits. Like it's just zeros and yeah. Ones. He's just got this this like bunker somewhere with. <laughs> millions of computers running just yeah. mining away it's just it's insane what speaking and also um i just saw this in the news i think it was yesterday or today bitcoin for the first time reached a ten thousand dollars for a single bitcoin yeah i i'm i'm not interested in it i'm sorry i mean i just I mean, wish there's a part of me that goes when, when Man, you, i wish i had that money but at the same time I'm like i don't that's this all seems shady well there, there are people who are bitcoin billionaires like they it's back when you it took you you know 15 seconds to mine a, a single bitcoin and they you know they have Lots of Bitcoin. Is it, I remember. I remember one time Amazon started allowing you to buy stuff with Bitcoin, but do they still do? I don't know. I um, the only time I ever do anything with Bitcoin, there's a couple of um, shady uh, web services I use. No, they're, mean, not, they're porn not porn. Sites? They're not porn. Who pays for porn? Come on. <laughs> uh, no, they, but they're uh, technically not shady. But anyway, they uh, only accept payment in Bitcoin, and so I have a wallet. I think on. Coin something I don't even know what it's called, but the balance is always pretty much zero. Except when I have to re up the service, then I have to transfer money from my bank account into this thing, mm. and then hope it's like hope by the time it gets there because it takes like this is ridiculous. By the way, the most technologically advanced modern currency there is, and it takes a week to get money from my bank account into the into Bitcoin. <laughs> this is not impressive. No. <laughs> Uh, well, the other but, thing is, it's, it's like a glorified arcade. Like well, you pay, and now you can only use Bitcoin for things. It's like you go to the arcade and you buy their damn tokens, oh, yeah, yeah. and now you got tokens you can't use no, anywhere but with else. Bitcoin, you can transfer them back to money, right? Back to I, back to fiat currency. I guess I think you can. Can you own uh, a percentage of a Bitcoin? Oh yeah, fraction. Oh sure. Okay. Now, things cost like you know point one two seven four eight two Bitcoin. Super convenient, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all thought carrying pennies around. With, like, there's people like want to get rid of the penny. Like, everything oh. should just be whole numbers. How can you justify having pennies? You can't get anything for a penny or a half or a well, two. You can't pennies, get anything for point zero 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 one 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 two of a Bitcoin. No, you can. That's my point. Especially when it's worth <laughs> t- a Bitcoin's worth ten grand. <sighs> That'll be point zero 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 one cent. Thank you, sir. Oh, that's that's a title. One Bitcoin. That's a title. How many zeros was that? I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out that that transaction. It'll be like um, I think it was Mexico at one time. The uh, the peso 
the, there were so many zeros afterwards. They just chopped them off and said, "Okay, yep. it's, it's now one peso is now this." Yeah, <laughs> we're changing what it means to be a peso. It's kind of like calories. Did you know when we talk about calories, food calories, we're we're actually referring to the a kilocalorie, kilo a thousand. Yeah. But we just we drop that kilo off, and like all of a sudden, a calorie's been inflated by a thousand. Yeah, and you see something zero calories, and you're like, oh yeah, this is nothing. I can eat all <laughs> yeah. of it. It adds up. Um, what what if they just you I can't mean, drink a gallon of mustard? I know it says zero calories on it, but it adds up. Yeah, a gallon of mustard would probably tear you up. <laughs> That's just one of the only foods I know that's zero calorie. <laughs> I'm afraid that I'm afraid that it would the mustard would come out about looking about the same way it, it, went, it went down. <laughs> oh, this this show is off the rails. Uh, it, we should just promise. We we uh, we usually talk more about Salesforce. We usually have more of a plan. No, this is just one of those shows. Hey, it's, hey it's better. Is it better? I'm still not done with my. Is it my better cool record? Doing it no, here's what I want to. Is it better to record a, just a bad unplanned show or no show? What's what's it's what's, it's what's, better what's? to get really drunk. Only, there's no We're time. not even there yet, so there's no time to get drunk. Though. I know that's the, that's the problem. I, sh- I should have started like an hour. Ago. Well, I tried to start an hour ago. Well, I was I was sleeping. <laughs> Anyway, someone someone po- posted this article on, on the Slack channel, and I read it. Um, is this still Bitcoin? What is this? Yeah. Well, no, this is blockchaining. It's it's all the kids, it's, cool it's just, kids are doing it. it. John, just call it blockchain. It's blockchain. It's, I know, but I want to make it my own. I want to make it my word. You don't even understand it. Why do you want to make it your own? I know I don't understand it. I don't care about it. Does <laughs> but Salesforce, you're, but you're gonna co-opt does Salesforce support blockchaining? No, I don't. Blockchain? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the official title now, blockchaining. <laughs> Salesforce does. I mean, does no, new I compilers mean, support blockchaining. Then no. I don't care. I don't. I don't. Th- I don't. I don't know of anything Salesforce is doing with blockchain. Say, Ten bucks. I started trending. Everyone's calling it blockchaining. Although I don't think there's any company that is revenue is less than a billion dollars that isn't at least looking at how do we possibly use blockchain. Just like there's no one that's not looking at how do we use machine learning or something. Well, I think. I, yeah, and I think this article. The reason I liked it so much is it kind of labeled as a fad, and then it just digressed into bashing all fad technologies and including JavaScript being a fad hmm. where everyone's just trying to do everything with it, where it's not so much the right tool for the right job. It's what can I get JavaScript to do? Uh, in some cases, I mean, that's what we're doing in Salesforce. I can't what can argue we that. get Salesforce to do? Back to Atwood's law, right? Yeah. I mean, Oh yeah, exactly. I know it's not the best technology for this, but let's see if we can do it. Yeah. How can I use Salesforce to solve your problems today? Because that's the only tool I know how to use. <laughs> <laughs> no, sometimes it's not about that. Sometimes it's about the challenge. Some people are are uh, yeah, really really enjoy right. the challenge of trying to get yeah. something a square peg into a round hole. And sometimes that, sometimes that peg is very 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 square. You would know. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> what is in this beer? Get us get us back on the rails, John. What is in this beer? It's alcohol. <laughs> Uh, and, and, it, it, and apparently some motor oil. The thing went everywhere. It went from from like JavaScript to neural networks to I think right. to AI to Let's, Joomla to Flash to I mean I'm, I'm it just went into everything and just called everything basically a, a fad. And because of that, I loved it. Before we lose absolutely everyone, I'll just say, in order to help us avoid a, a future episode like this, please send us questions and topic topics. suggestions to info at gooddaysirpodcast dot com. Jeremy doesn't like the way I run this show. Uh, speaking of, you know, we're talking about the Slack. It's been active. I, we've, there's also been a, quite an uptick in, uh, actually, we're about to break 300, 300 people. 
Three hundred whole people listen. Yeah. Wow. I know. Well, actually, I'm. I don't even think half those people listen. But but they're in the Slack, or they they've at least signed up at some point. But uh, oh, yeah, we, we do have a Slack, which is fun and uh, interesting and controversial and funny and helpful. It's all these things rolled up into a nice little uh, ball of proprietary technology run by a company we have no control over and we don't pay any money to and will probably shut us down someday. But in the meantime, you can join the Slack by going to gooddaysirpodcast.com and click on community. All you have to do is enter your email address. John will add you and then your email address self-destructs and we never we don't save it. It gets destroyed, so don't worry about that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's fun. Come join us. There's a, there's a, there's a poll going on like now, right now. How long does your de- deployment take if you run all tests? Wow, seventy five percent less than an hour. Wow, congratulations for you. Um, I think it depends on what. I, I don't know. What about those of us only, that work on multiple orgs? There's only four vote, vo- votes total. Uh, someone does have one that's over an hour. I'm gonna do one to two hours. I have had some take over two hours. Yeah, I've got some over two hour ones. I Can mean, we I pick have what's had. like the max, like the upper threshold. I think that's what they're getting at. So I'm gonna say, in the spirit of what they're looking for, yeah, I'm gonna say two hours. Yeah, I've got some over two hours. So I don't, how do I even vote on this? That's what I don't understand. Oh, here we go. There's a button for it. I just clicked it. I did too. I saw you click it. Anyway, so this is the fun stuff we You're do in Slack. So we have stuff? polls. We also have polls in our Slack. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <sighs> All right, John. What's next on your list? Um, that's about it. We can. I know wow. you want a short show. Yeah. The only I had a few other things, but they're kind of throwaways, so I won't. I won't force you to talk about them. All right. Well, we will. Tr- we will have more substantive topics next week, maybe. Although you know the holidays, it just gets dicey. It gets difficult. Well, that was it. I mean, we had the holidays. There's not really much news going on. There's if, any, know, if anyone's still kind of wading through Dreamforce stuff. Not a lot of it just isn't exciting to me. If anyone feels especially slighted by this um, content-free episode. Go ahead and just uh, shoot us an email, info at gooddaystorepodcast.com with your, uh, with your account number, and we will we'll refund your, your, uh, your payment. <laughs> wow, you went all passive-aggressive. Oh, I did, one. didn't I? That was totally <laughs> passive-aggressive. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, anyway. Uh, it's going to be too late for many people not listening uh, today or Thursday, but uh, London's Calling is asking for speakers. The deadline is uh, November 30th. Which is tomorrow at the time mm, of this recording. So uh, if you get this before then, hurry up and get your submission in. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, you're too late. So just buy a ticket and go to London's Calling. Is, is that like the biggest you know, kind of England? Uh, I think so. Salesforce conference? Well, I think they have a world tour out there too. But I think in terms but, of uh, community, community run, right? Yeah. Community run, that's the biggest <clears throat> one, yeah. This little ecosystem of community run events is kind of cool. I think so. I, I think I enjoy the community events more than I do the official Salesforce ones. Although I do want to give uh, Trailheadex a try this next. Oh year. yeah, you should. It's it's like Dreamforce from ten years ago. It's basically the same. It right? as it's Trailheadex, right? Trailhead DX. DX. Oh sorry, yeah. DX. You have to. You basically basically you you have to double the D. It's a double D. <laughs> Trailhead DX. <laughs> it's not that funny. I think this beer is kicking in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's adding adding on to whatever you had at lunch. I had a Christmas beer. Yeah, those tend to be quite robust. It was in the ABV department. Maybe it was an eight. I think. <laughs> oh, oh wow! Okay. 
uh, what what do we leave out? So we've done uh, reviews. We, you, we have oh, no reviews. Give us give us yeah, a review. Yeah, no, I mean, really, like subscribe. That that's good because then you get it automatically. Plus, it um, I don't know, whatever. It helps someone somewhere in some third world country. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, reviews on iTunes and the other places. Those are those are good. They help people find us. Uh, I like join, reading them. Join the Slack. Send us topics and questions at uh, info at goodaysirpodcast.com. Share us on the socials. Tell your friends. Tell Mark Benioff if you see him. Tell him to listen. No, don't. No, you should. He's worth more. Should have, we should have him on sometime. I've, I've never asked him. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll shoot him an email. I think I have nightmares of that. I'll just, I can go through all my clips I have of him. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be totally meta, if not hilarious, if he had his own clips on us? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's what you call delusions of grandeur. <laughs> that well, Benny, Benioff has a little soundboard app with just like John and Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> a little, uh, what are they called? Clips, I guess? Or, I guess. or drops? Are they drops? The, little, the quick little quick ones? I don't know. I think they're drops. All right, John. We've milked this long. This, this is a short one. This is, a, this is, uh, yeah, we're still under an hour, so this All is right. short for us. Well, and to that, I say, good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. <laughs>